0: Welcome. Hello. I'm Laura. I will be reading Second Samuel Chapter Twelve from the World English Bible. Yahweh sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and raised. It grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food, drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was like a daughter to him. A traveller came to the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd, to prepare for the wayfaring man who had come to him, but took the poor man's lamb, and prepared it for the man who had come to him. David's anger burned hot against the man, and he said to Nathan, As Yahweh lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He must restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what Yahweh, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that would have been too little, I would have added to you many more such things. Why have you despised Yahweh's word, to do that which is evil in his sight? You have struck Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken Uriah the Hittite's wife to be your wife. This is what Yahweh says, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he will lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did this secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against Yahweh. Nathan said to David, Yahweh also has put away your sin. You will not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to Yahweh's enemies to blaspheme, the child also who was born to you will surely die. Nathan departed to his house. Yahweh struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it was very sick. David therefore begged God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his house arose beside him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, and he didn't eat bread with them. On the seventh day the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he didn't listen to our voice. How will he then harm himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David perceived that the child was dead, and David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed, and anointed himself, and changed his clothing, and he came into Yahweh's house and worshipped. Then he came into his own house, and when he requested, they set bread before him, and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child was dead, you rose up and ate bread. He said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether Yahweh will not be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. David comforted Bathsheba his wife and went into her and lay with her. She bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Yahweh loved him, and sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he named him Jedediah, for Yahweh's sake. (Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the children of Ammon, and took the royal city.) Joab sent messengers to David, and said, I have fought against Rabbah; yes, I have taken the city of waters. Now therefore gather the rest of the people together, and encamp against the city, and take it, lest I take the city, and it be called by my name. David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. He took the crown of their king from off his head, and its weight was a talent of gold, and in it were precious stones, and it was set on David's head. He brought a great quantity of plunder out of the city. He brought out the people who were in it and put them under saws, under iron picks, under axes of iron, and made them pass through the brick kiln and he did so to all the cities of the children of Ammon. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. That is the end of chapter 12. The chapter opens with Nathan being sent by Yahweh to confront David with his sin, and Nathan does that in an interesting way. He approaches David as the just king that he has the reputation for being, but he uses an allegory so that David doesn't know that he's the one being talked about, it seems like a wise choice because up until this point, David seems blind to his own wickedness. It's no excuse, but it's a curious example of how giving into sin can corrupt your perception. But we know from David's response to Nathan's story that he was well aware of the law. He didn't sin in ignorance because even when he's responding about the supposed man with the lamb, he quotes Exodus 22, where it talks about restoring fourfold for someone who takes somebody else's lamb. So if David is aware of this, then surely he is aware of the Ten Commandments, which talk about both not committing adultery and not coveting your neighbor's wife. But somehow, unfortunately, he had convinced himself that it was within his right as a king to do all of these things, and it was just someone dying in service to him or something like that. But his repentance is immediate, and he takes all the blame. He doesn't make any excuses. And his repentance is not an, I'm sorry I got caught, but actually grief about what he did. This is like what Paul is referring to in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, where he says that godly sorrow brings repentance. Yahweh has Nathan point out that Yahweh has blessed David abundantly. He emphasizes that he already had several wives in the context of that he had given him everything that belonged to the previous king, and he would have given him more if it hadn't been enough. I kind of get the impression that might be a little bit of a rhetorical device being used there, like it really was enough if he had been paying attention. And also, I want to point out that when it says he would have given him more, he's not saying he would specifically give him more wives. It means that he would give him more blessings. And if we look at, again, the whole of the Bible, we know that God's previous commands say not to get many wives. And then God makes it perfectly clear that David was the murderer. He may have had someone else do the actual killing, but he might as well have used a sword of an Ammonite in his own hands. Now, it's in this next section that we run up against the two uses of the word evil in English. So we are told we know that what David did was evil in God's sight, that he killed Uriah and took his wife, and that now God is going to raise up evil in David's house. We talked about this use of evil when we were talking about God sending an evil spirit to solve, and some of the different translations use the word adversity, and so you get the idea of discomfort, extreme discomfort. And he explains exactly why he's doing this, which is because David represents God to the world, and God is going to make it clear that things like this are wicked, and even though he forgives David there will be consequences so that the nation of Israel and the world understand how holy God is and what his ways are like. But to make it clear, the baby does not die for David's sin. The child is not being punished for it, but as a consequence of David's sin, because sin brings death, sin kills. That's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The account is distinctly lacking in any mention of Bathsheba as being responsible or repentant, but I think that's partly to emphasize that this account is about David representing the nation and about David's heart. I've always been intrigued by David's response to the child being sick, where he fasted and prayed with complete dedication and trust that God was hearing his prayers in spite of everything that had just happened. He still saw it as very reasonable to come before God and to pray this way. But then when he got the answer, when the child did die, he gives the statement, I will go to him, which is one of the biblical evidences for God's particular mercy on children who die before they are capable mentally of choosing God. And then we have the record of Solomon being born, which is curious because in both 2 Samuel chapter five, fourteen, and in First Chronicles chapter three, verse five, it indicates that he was their fourth child. And in fact, Nathan, who is in the line of Mary and the line of Christ, is his older brother. Nathan is the, their third child. Solomon is probably mentioned because he is the one who's going to be king next. This seems to particularly indicate that Bathsheba is also forgiven, because he could have left her barren. You can compare this to Michal's hard heart when she saw David dancing, and then she was barren for the rest of her life. And then it talks about Nathan coming and naming Solomon a name, Jedediah, that means loved by God, is what the footnote in my Bible says. This seems to be along the same lines of when God says, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. It is simply a terminology referring to the fact that Solomon is chosen to be the next king. The Bible is full of evidence that God loves everyone. And finally, in the Blue Letter Bible commentary by David Gusick, he points out that a total of four of David's sons die unusual deaths. That would include the baby and then Amnon, who Uh, was killed by Absalom after raping Absalom's sister. And then, of course, Absalom during his rebellion gets hung up on that tree with his long hair. And then later Adonijah, I believe that's when he tries to take over the kingdom from Solomon. So in this respect, David did pay back four times the death of Uriah. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.